at the last minute here, I decided to rove. Try to set this recorder somewhere and do it here. Well, tonight is a very beautiful feast that we celebrate, Feast of All Souls. And uh, we really, tonight, we highlight the importance of praying for the dead. Praying for the dead. Now, we actually do pray for the dead. In fact, uh, oftentimes, of course, the prayers of the faithful, the last petition that we have normally is, is for the dead. Um, we, we pray for that, of course, if anybody's been to a funeral mass. There's prayers for the dead that are contained in that liturgy from its very beginning to its very end. And then, of course, really, almost every mass that's offered is offered for the dead. It's just a custom that we have. So we as Catholics, uh, we do the practice. We pray for the dead constantly. It's really part of the fabric of who we are, of our, of our liturgical practice, and our beliefs as well. But tonight is a time for us to explicitly draw attention to that practice of ours and to talk about it. I think probably many of you know, uh, many of you here actually, I can recognize you, you were at some of my Wednesday night discussions. And at that time, you know, I was talking about my own faith journey. My, my big brother and I, when we were teenagers, we joined an evangelical church and we were there for a number of years. And then after uh, quite a bit of time, myself, looking at the different doctrinal issues that divide Protestants and Catholics, I, I really came to the conviction that uh, the Catholic faith is, is, this is the fullness of the Christian faith and the Catholic Church is uh, the, the actual church that Christ founded. So I came back in full communion with the church as a result of, uh, I think, I believe, you know, an honest inquiry into the, um, into the, into the facts. And uh, what uh, this practice of praying for the dead is something that divides Protestants and, and, and Catholics. Um, uh, Protestants do not pray for the dead. Okay? And, uh, you know, why is that? Well, I think when you look in the Bible, uh, there's not a whole ton of biblical passages that very clearly kind of talk about prayers for the dead. You know, there's no neon sign that says, prayers for the dead, do that, you know, in anywhere that you look in the Bible. There's a passage in um, 2 Timothy where Paul basically, in, in, he speaks in such a way that you can kind of infer prayers for the dead. Um, but, it, you know, admittedly, there's enough kind of confusion and lack of clarity that you can understand how a Protestant would, would kind of come to this conclusion, let's not pray for the dead because it's not clear in the Bible. And the one book in the Old Testament that has a really clear passage about prayers for the dead is 1 Maccabees. Um, and uh, Martin Luther, almost 500 years ago now, in 1517, he put up his the famous 95 Theses. He, you know, he, he nailed to the uh, cathedral door in Wittenberg in Germany. And one of the issues that he was dealing with with these theses was prayers for the dead. And uh, as a result of all those debates that he was engaged in, he rejected the scriptural status of First Maccabees, precisely because it, it so uh, highlighted so clearly the practice of prayers for the dead. But in any event, like I said, there's enough kind of confusion, I think, and lack of clarity to this issue where you can see how a Protestant would um, be justified in their own mind uh, of refusing to pray for the dead. As I began to become uh, more educated and informed of the matter and starting to look at things from a more robustly historical perspective, I started to see that there is a very 
uh, a powerful and raw historical fact, uh, historical fact that really kind of hits you right in the face when you're looking at this issue, and that is the fact that Jews, well before the coming of Jesus, did actually pray for the dead, and that Christians from time immemorial, Christians who were of the churches that the apostles founded, did in fact pray for the dead. It was an unquestioned practice that had always been around. And in fact, the the stream of Judaism before the days of Christ that highlights this practice uh, would have been akin to the same stream of Judaism that Jesus would have been raised in as a child. It would have been the same stream of Judaism that the apostles would have been familiar with uh, before they had met Jesus. So, you know, the analogy I give oftentimes is like a train. Take a train, right? It goes, it enters a tunnel. It looks a certain way when it enters that tunnel. And when it comes out the other side of the tunnel, it looks the same way. So you infer that, you know, when it's obscured from your sight, it looks the same way. You're not, you don't, you don't say, well, maybe the train looks totally different, you know, after when it, when it uh, was in the tunnel. Uh, so also we have this religious stream within Judaism before Jesus' days, after, after uh, the days of Jesus and the days of the apostles. And we've got this practice. So we infer uh, that it's of apostolic origin, this whole practice of praying for the dead. Now, here's a, here's a second issue I, t- I tie into this topic. Very interesting. Notice all the readings from our lectionary. They all have to do with the resurrection of the dead, not with praying for the dead. Now, at first glance, you think, well, what's going on here? If this liturgical celebration is all about praying for the dead, why do we have all these texts about resurrection of the dead? And when we begin to examine things on closer inspection, what we see actually is that from the earliest times, the raw practice of prayers for the dead was an argument for the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. And this brings us back to this passage, a very famous one. It's not an option in our lectionary for today because it doesn't need to be. It's sort of implicit. Very famous passage from 1 Maccabees. Judas Maccabeus, he's a soldier and he's in a war. And he's got a number of platoons that he's uh, leading battle, and his, uh, the platoon that's immediately connected to him, they come across another platoon of guys that have been slain in battle. They're all dead. And they find that there's been some kind of sin that these guys have committed, and they're worried about, about them. So they send to Jerusalem uh, money so that sacrifices can be offered on behalf of the dead soldiers. And the, the narrator of 1 Maccabees concludes, they would not have been praying for the dead unless they believed in the resurrection of the dead. And so you see, for this ancient uh, Jewish perspective, the whole idea of the resurrection of the dead is supported by a prior raw liturgical reality, that is, the liturgical reality of praying for the dead. The other funny thing I found, too, when I, after I came back into full communion with the Catholic Church, is, especially after I became a priest, is I found... A whole now. This is just at the popular level, not at the at a higher level of theologians, or of course at the high, higher level of the, the church's hierarchy. But I found at a popular level a very strong um, uh, irritation with the idea of purgatory. Okay, uh, that many Catholics were really kind of opposed to this idea, or kind of like irritated by the idea of purgatory, and. Uh, 
you know, so here I am, I spent years kind of like seeing, wrestling these doctrinal issues and coming to a conviction that something like purgatory is true, coming back into full communion of the church only to find my, my Catholic brothers and sisters having bones about, you know, bones about this. Uh, very ironic, I, I think. But it, interestingly enough, the practice, again, we go back to the raw practice of praying for the dead. That itself, just like it's a support for the idea of the resurrection, is also a support and an argument for uh, something like purgatory. Okay? So we pray for the dead. It's a raw fact. Jews and Christians have always done it. And we got to ask ourselves why. Okay, if the person that we're praying for is condemned to hell, God forbid, there's no, there's no hope for the person. It's not like you can pray someone out of hell, right? Conversely, if they're in heaven, what are we doing praying for? There's no need to pray for someone who's in heaven. We should be asking them to pray for us here on earth, okay? We're the ones in the hot seat, not them. So what are we doing when we pray for the dead? The implication is that there's, there's an intermediate state, okay? And that's what our tradition refers to as purgatory. There's a process of purification before the soul enters into heaven. And uh, the fact that Jews and Christians have always prayed for the dead uh, implies that, that, that it's a reality, and that our prayers are valuable, they're helpful for the soul as it's going through that process of purification uh, and, and working its way to heaven. So it's a great uh, act of mercy for us to always remember our beloved dead and to pray for them. And that's what we're doing when we pray for the dead. But just going back to my original point, my brothers and sisters, the more fundamental point here for All Souls Day is the resurrection of the dead. This is a beautiful, beautiful cornerstone of our faith. Uh, and this is what we're all about this evening. When we, as Catholics, pray for the dead, we do what Jews and Christians have always done. In being true to this liturgical tradition, we embrace in all its fullness the foundational Jewish and Christian faith in the resurrection of the dead. My brothers and sisters, God did not create us to rot in the ground. He created us, body and soul, for immortality. He created us to live forever in bodily form, in communion with a vast number of saints and in communion with himself. When we pray for the dead, we exercise this great hope, the hope of the resurrection. We exercise the hope that one day we'll be able to hug one another in, in a bodily manner, as often as we like, without the fear of death encroaching into, the, into, our, uh, into our life. We exercise the hope of seeing each other and seeing Jesus with our bodily eyes. We exercise the hope, and this is my great hope, is to be able to kiss Mary's hands. We are a people of hope in the resurrection of the dead. So when we are confronted with the dead body of our loved one, and when we're confronted with the interments in the ground of our loved one, when we're confronted, some of us have gravestones already with our names written on them. When we're confronted with that reality, we need not despair because we're a people who pray for the dead. And we are a people who are all about the resurrection of the dead. And this is what we celebrate today on All Souls Day.